0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are watching and listening to Stuck in the Podcast. Welcome, welcome. This
1: is a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, creatives of African descent, hear stories, ideas, experiences, and the fights of breaking barriers. This episode is brought to you by our online store. Uh, your support means a lot to us, right? So please, please, please visit com and shop Stuck in the podcast merch. Thank you to all returning listeners and watchers. If it's your first time checking us out welcome please 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 just let us know again what you think about the show subscribe by clicking you know the ring um the subscribe button at the bottom so you get a ringer every week for every you know new show we um you know we drop out follow us on all social platforms at SITM Podcast you know to keep up again you know with our daily blogs i mean our weekly blogs rather and our weekly episodes and also shout out to my shout out to now you know. Shout out to uh, Palm Wine Central. All podcast powered by uh, Sitm Podcast. Today, today with with me, I got a very, very, very dope individual man. Uh, when people talk about entrepreneurship, man, this 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 guy right here, you know, his 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 thinking was able to build, you know, from zero to a hundred. You know what I mean? And we're gonna hear his story. Um, it's none other than Mouse Paul. He's the founder and CEO is the founder and CEO of 8Miles, the best mac and cheese you've ever had. Ladies and gentlemen, again, help me welcome Miles Powell to Stuck in the Podcast. Welcome, sir. Welcome, sir.
0: How are you doing? Thank you. I'm great. And it's a pleasure to be here. I love what you guys are doing. Um, yes, sir. I, love, I love, love, love to share anything that I can and hopefully encourage other folks to, to keep pushing.
1: Man, I see the shirt, I peep the shirt, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't bring my stuff me to <laughs> You <know>? girl. <laughs> but uh, so let's good. get right into it, man. Who is Miles? Who is Miles?
0: sure. So, Miles is an entrepreneur. Um, i come from Philly, um, and I was raised in a family of foodies. And so, any kind of gathering that we had, uh, whether it was small or large, food was always the centerpiece, and comfort food was, was the, the thing, right? And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up on soul food, I got I got Southern roots. And so I've always had a passion for food in general. Um, and what happened over time is that built into a, a passion for cooking. Um, I'm not a trained chef, um, but um, I knew, uh, I always knew I wanted to do something that tied in food and business. And then, And I decided to channel my love of comfort food into building 8 Miles, what it is today.
1: Right, man, do you always get, uh, you know, like the movie 8 Miles to, I do not know of your company. <laughs> People are running like 8 Miles. <laughs>
0: All the time. Everyone always said, you from Detroit? And I said, no, but but I I like the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where were you born? Where were you raised? Tell us a little bit about your come up. You know, I know you're a civil engineer. How did you find yourself into, you know, making mac and cheese, you know, producing mac and cheese on this upscale level where you have them on Whole Foods now and all that. Speak a little bit about your childhood, you know, bring us all the way to where you started in Miles and we go from there
0: sure um so i mentioned that i've always had a passion for food but i i uh i am an engineer by trade um so i I went to college to study civil engineering down at the university of delaware um graduated and decided you know uh now it's time to go into the workforce as an engineer and um i'll say this it was two days into my first full-time job i was working out in harrisburg pennsylvania uh two days in i knew this wasn't the right there wasn't the move this is not where i wanted to be doing for the rest of my life um, the corporate nine to five, and so right away I started, I started working on the business idea. Right, what am I going to do? Um, and at that time, you know, I was living alone, didn't know, I didn't have a lot of connections out in Harrisburg, and I was pretty much isolated. And which really speaks, you know, speaks to home these days because a lot of us are isolated because of everything COVID related. And so back then, I used that time to really develop and figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, so I started cooking a lot. Um, I actually ended up um, on the Food Network on a competition series called uh, America's Best Cook. Didn't do so hot, but it was a, it was kind of an experience that kind of you know pushed me forward. And so um, I was still working as an engineer, but at that time, you know, the seeds were planted. I started I started figuring out, okay, you know, I can do engineering, but I want to grow something better that's different right. aside from that, you know. Um, and so the next couple of years, I just kept perfecting recipes and testing things out. I had a food blog. Um, and then I actually started 8 Miles as a barbecue sauce company. Um, I made a line of uh, barbecue sauces that were uh, made with fruits and that's what launched 8 Miles and then a um, couple years into that I decided you know what I love sauces I love barbecue sauce but I really love comfort food and mac and cheese is always my staple and I realized there's not a lot of great mac and cheeses you can buy in the grocery store that's frozen. It's all kind of pretty heavily processed. And I said, Mm. you know what, I'm gonna do something better. I'm gonna do something that's actually real, the real deal and put it on the shelves for people to buy. So I kind of switched into mac mac and cheese.
1: I'm not just gonna roll past oh, I make my own, you know, um, sauce. Like, that's something, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just wake up one morning and decided to do. Like, not anybody could just wake up and say, I want to make my own sauce. You know, I can't just wake up and say, yo, I make my own sauce. Hey, here you go. <laughs> How the hell did you make your own sauce, bro? How did you come up with a recipe saying, you know what, people is going to enjoy this. People is going to rock with this. And I could take this upscale. How did you, at what age did you even figure this out? Give so, us that process. Uh,
0: yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, like I said, at least I love cooking. I still do but I'm a big sauce fiend, you know? Like, it's all about the sauce for me. And so uh, my senior year in college, I actually made my first barbecue sauce. I mean, I followed a recipe. So mm-hmm. was, it, was, it was real exciting, you know? It was like, oh, this is amazing, I made it myself. And that stuck with me for a while. And then uh, when I graduated, I started, I'm in the kitchen a lot. Um, and like I said, I had a lot of downtime, so I'd watch the Food Network all night. I mean, like a Friday night when people were out, you know, bar hopping and partying, I was in front of the TV for hours watching Food Network. Just soaking it all in. And then I would, and the next day, wake up, go to the grocery store and, and, and test it out. Um, and so I started just figuring out, okay, what's like a unique barbecue sauce? Something that's going to be amazing, but you don't see every day. And I just kept playing with it, man. It was just trial and error. Uh, error. I just mixed ingredients. It's, just, it's like a, it's a science experiment, you know? you put in a bunch of ingredients in a yeah. pot, stirring it up, eating it up, yeah. seeing what it tastes like. And, of course, a couple of my early ones were pretty terrible. But it was like, all right, let me you build perfect on it. that. Yeah, exactly. And then you end up coming with something that's pretty good, and you roll with it.
1: How would you describe your style of culinary and um, cooking?
0: Definitely exploratory like a brand. Yeah, definitely, a, it's an exploratory brand. Um, not too, not too crazy, um, but I like to, I like to put things in to the you know for people that they don't usually have. Mm. Um, so, for instance, my first barbecue sauce was a raspberry barbecue sauce that was made with raspberries. Um, then I came up with a pineapple buffalo sauce, which I'm made with pineapples, and then I had a mango sauce, which is based made uh, made with mangoes. Yeah. And so I want I want people to see something that's unique, but it's amazing and it's something they wouldn't expect. You know. That's a chef, right? What's yeah. the
1: hype about? Well, what is this hype about? Organic versus non-organic food? Like, break it down for those who don't know the difference. Um, is this a hype? Is this something that people need to pay attention to? And I kind of went overall <laughs> right there real quick, but, you know, it's a podcast, what the heck.
0: Yeah, 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 we, exactly. We can talk about whatever. Um, I, to be honest, my, this is only my personal opinion, because uh, I'm not a trained chef. I didn't actually study culinary arts. Uh, when it comes to organic versus non-organic, I'm not a really big proponent of you got to go organic, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think even on the organic side, number one, it's a certification. So a lot of companies have to pay for a certification, and a lot of times those organic products still have harmful, uh, you know, adders, additives in them. Um, so I'm more of a fan of just clean, right? Not having the organic tag when you make stuff. Like my barbecue sauces had natural sugars, right? I didn't use I didn't use refined sugars. I used honey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's always a plus because it's it's transparent. You know, um, I think organic is more of a it's more of a label than it is. Uh, something you should focus on, so, right. but that's my opinion, you know.
1: Speak to me a little bit about um, the size of your company, right? The dynamics of a company, the size, you know, your employees, uh, where you produce your products, all that stuff. What is it like? Take us a little bit about, you know, paint us a mental picture of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm a little bit of a crazy person. So honestly, the company is it's um it's me. Um, I've got I've got part time folks here and there, but for my day to day operations, it's a solo dolo operation. Um, you know, um, I've got production at night and everything else during the day. And I'm actually working another job um on the construction side during the day too. So I'm wearing two hats at the same time at all times. I got two sides of my brain that kind of operate simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um and so you know, I'm kind of I always tell people, imagine you're in an office building, it's got five levels. I'm I'm running up and down the levels all day. Like you got one level being HR, one finance one operations, I just, I just don't go up and down, back and forth all day, making sure I prioritize as I can. Um, but I mean, I, but it, and, and it's stressful, but we've grown, which is nice. Um, you know, I'm in a hundred over a hundred locations throughout the Northeast. I'm hoping to, hoping to triple that, uh, by spring of next year and then kind of expand out, uh, out, out west and down south. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, this is like my dream, you know, from the day I created the company, I said, I, I want to have, I I just imagine seeing eight miles name on a shelf and saying, wow, you know, that's me. Like I actually did that. And also like, you know, and I've had people help me along the way, Mm -hmm. um, whether, whether whether it's on production, marketing, packaging, things like that. Um, and we're going to be hiring full time really soon, but for Mm -hmm. now, it's just, it's a solo operation for the most part.
1: I mean, most companies like outsource production, right? For example, don't say, okay, you know, uh, we go, produce this in China, for example, or we're going to produce this yeah. someplace else. Uh, who makes this? Um, you say it's homemade. And if yep. you supply to, let's say, Whole Foods and uh, Peapot, you know, and all these other grind places, do you really make this yourself? Speak to us yeah. a little bit about, you know, the process. How is it made? Right, right. Made? Some, people, some people might even say, like, you know, I personally don't know what mac and cheese tastes like for real. For real. I really don't know. It's a lot of cheese for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I heard somebody say, man, uh, just looking at it, if a picture, it looks a little bit watery and stuff like that. Like, take us through the process. What is real mac and cheese like? What What is it supposed to look like? What is it supposed to taste like? How do you make it? How do you package it? How did they fight themselves into whole food, peapot, all that yeah. stuff, And Give us the blueprint, bro. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, from a real basic standpoint of mac and cheese, mac and cheese is a simple uh product right it's noodles cheese and then a little seasoning too um but it's all about the levels so like how much cheese do you put to it or how much cheese versus milk or cream how much seasoning do you add so it's got some flavor to it too Because if you take a pot and boil some noodles and throw in some shredded cheese it's mac and cheese but it's not it's, it's not really it's not the hit you know um so i spent i mean i spent three two about two years affecting the recipe over time because I just took a recipe that I made personally, and you have to scale it. When you got scale it, things change, right? You go from making a pan in the oven to at one at one time I make almost three hundred units. Um, so I got a giant, what's called a tilt skillet, mm-hmm. and I got this big ore, and I'm, I'm I'm like rowing a boat, and it's just a it's, just a, it's a, a big bat of cheese. So I got guns. Yeah, exactly. Cheese, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> so uh, and I and I do that in the kitchen, so. It's weird to think about, but almost every mac and cheese that's on the shelf that someone bought, either that Whole Foods or they got it online, touched these hands um, because everything is done in-house. You know, um, we have an outsourced chip because we're starting to grow. We're considering uh, uh, having an actual production staff on site uh, to make the mac and cheese almost daily. But right now it's me and maybe one other person here and there actually making the mac and cheese in hand it's almost like doing it in your kitchen just on a grand scale um and so once you make it i mean that's so making it's like step one right mm-hmm. um you make it open it's like how to get it to market um and there's a lot of different hurdles you got to go through um aside from business formulation itself you got things like you got to link up with someone that's going to be able to ship the mac and cheese to the stores but then you got to get the stores to agree to bring it on and then you get into a whole co- conversation about pricing um, and it's funny because this is so these are all things that I pretty much self-taught um, and learned through experience. Right. So, um, cause I went to, I went to grad school at two, uh to get my MBA and there was a class about entrepreneurship. And it was funny because as I was taking that class, I had just launched eight miles. So it lined up perfectly, right? Like I learned mm-hmm. about how to, how to, how to perfect the business plan. But in terms of like my industry specific, there's, there's no real blueprint. You know, I can't. I can't go to a class and say how to become a consumer packaged good in the frozen section, right? It's just a lot of Google, a lot of talking to people in the industry, and just kind of pushing your way through it, and learning along the way. Mm. Tell
1: us a little bit about Buffalo Mike and Cheese. Your own very Mike and Cheese brand, and why is it different from any yeah. other box, you know, Mike and Cheese box out there? Like how? Yeah, you, yeah. Like how do you brand? How do you brand this? You know, your own stuff, and how does it stand out from every other Mike and
0: Cheese product out there? For sure. So, since I grew up eating homemade mac, I didn't really mess with the frozen or the box packs on the shelf, like your your Kraft mac or your Amy's and folks like that, because um, that's not real mac and cheese, right? It's 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 a, it's a it's heavily processed cheese, and they've got their place in the market, right? They're really cheap, and um, and it's a staple item people are used to. But me, you know, knowing how I love homemade mac, I can't reverse and go back to the processed stuff. And so if i'm if i'm if i'm not if i want the best of the mac and cheese on the shelf i'm like you know what i can make that so my mac and cheese if you put it in the microwave and you take it out and you eat it it's like man i got people say it all the time they go it tastes like i made it out of my oven and that's the reaction that i want um because you know as a people you know as a society we love convenience right that's why the frozen food aisle is so popular because we love to be able to pop something in the microwave or oven real quick and boom got a meal Mm-hmm. But we, but I think our generation, especially, and uh, a lot of other people too, is that we don't want to sacrifice quality for that anymore. You know, like we want something convenient, but we want it to taste good too. Um, and that's the thing, like I, because I enjoy eating as an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I when I eat something, it's like it's not just to sustain, uh, to keep me going. It's like it's like an event. Like I want to, I want to enjoy this time of my food. And so I want to I want to make sure other folks can get that experience too when they eat the mac and cheese. Right. And so, so I got three flavors. I got a three cheese home style, which is your traditional baked mac and cheese. Um, and then I've got a buffalo mac, which is a little bit different. I, t- I mentioned earlier how I like to get a little creative. Um, I got, I added a little bit of our buffalo sauce that's homemade in there too, so it gives it a little spice. And then also I got a barbecue mac that just came out, and that's our barbecue sauce that's infused in the mac and cheese to give it a little something extra too. Mm. what
1: is the process like you know going to the market for example whole foods or target you know and advertising your products too and say you know i would like for you guys to carry my products keep in mind right, right most people might not want to do this because if you're you know for example the fda like you know you have to like have some kind of um go ahead, like, okay, yeah, yo, your product is safe, you know, to put that into the market because anybody can sue you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yo, yeah. <laughs> this kind of like mess me up, bro, you know, they're going to sue you for <laughs> millions of dollars that you don't even have yet because you're still starting. So, right. you know, with the fear of all of that, please tell us, like, how are we able to say, yo, you know what, I'm going to put this fear to the site. you know what I mean? I'm going to roll this dice, I'm going to get in here. Not just that, how the hell, like, how did you even bypass the whole FDA thing, man? Like, you know, the whole food. Yeah,
0: inter- yeah. Like yeah, so so this is all part of the process, man. It's all these different kind of hoops and hurdles you got to get through. So, I so I, so of course you got to set up a business, right? And then you're talking about like form, like, like what tax form you're going to take, and that's just in turn like what what your business stands on. Then the next level was like, okay, I want to make a product. What kind of certifications do I need? You mentioned FDA and all that. Like if I gotta if I'm making a meat product or my 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 products got meat in it. That's a whole nother complicated structure because I got to have FDA uh, fully involved because it's meat based. So I don't have meat in mind. I, I get to bypass all of that. But the FDA still needs to know that your packaging is safe for the consumer. So being frozen, it's a vacuum, it's, it's a sealed product, I'm good to go. But when I was doing sauces, I had to create something called a HACCP plan. And a HACCP plan is basically like a, a food safety plan. Like How do you manage your inventory? How do you like, How do you bottle your sauces? to make sure that they're shelf stable. Um, and so these are all like either federal or state regulations that you kind of go through to get your product on this, to get your product ready. It's funny, when I first started out, I was naive, right? So my thought was, all right, I'm gonna make this sauce. I'm gonna bottle that thing. I'm gonna go to the store, talk to the manager and be like, hey, you wanna carry this sauce? They'll tell me yay or, yay or nay, good to go. But that works on a really small level, like your mom and pops, right? Mm-hmm. But like your Whole Foods is, it took me two years to get into the Whole Foods. I had three different presentations over the course of the And like I had multiple, I've talked to those guys multiple times. Um, because it's, I mean, international chain, they're corporate. And so yeah. you got to go through so many levels to get to someone to say you're approved. And that's not even like once you're approved, that's almost like just a start because then you got to manage each store on an individual level and all kinds of stuff. So, I did the best I could in the beginning to kind of list everything that I have to do to get my product ready to market. Um, because I made a lot of mistakes along the way that I kind of found out later on, whether it's, oh, my, my label didn't have enough information on it, um, my expiration, I I, I got expiration dates on them or anything like that um, to get it market ready. Because once you get a market ready, you kind of take, that becomes step two. Like, okay, now that it's market ready, now I got to manage who I'm pitching to, how, you know, what they want and the pricing and all that stuff. Um, and so to make it to, to kind of come full circle, what I what I like to do now is, is I like to help other people who are trying to start a business um, to get a market ready. Because like I said, I went through so many steps to get there and I did all this you know, research and just trial and error. I can definitely help someone say, all right, this is what you should be looking at. Um, let's sit down and go over step-by-step step what you should be doing depending on your product to get it to the point where it's market ready.
1: Mm. You're saying that if somebody wants to get into this market of mac and cheese, and not just mac and cheese, you know, um, pastries, for example, or cookies, you know, stuff like that, they could definitely heat yeah. you up to get you know that blueprint on how to you know go about this. Definitely,
0: definitely, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's what stuck
1: in the middle is all about. Tap into yeah. this resource, you know, and make it work for you. You know, you don't have to go do the research because you got the people who are already doing the research, right? Who are already doing, it, who already know, you know, the people to contact and all that. You know, make do of this resource. What exactly. else can you ask for? But yeah. with that said, man, can you please tell us what the perfect mac and cheese is for those who don't know, like us, what is the perfect mac and cheese? What should we look for?
0: Mm. So you want you want, you want want the creamy, right? You want that cheesy and creamy. Because I've had some mac and cheese in the day that just tastes like boiled noodles and a little bit of cheese sprinkled on top, and that is not mac and cheese. That's pasta and cheese. It's different. It's the same, but you know what I mean? It's different, but it's the same. So... You want to be able to stick your fork in it, and you want to be able to see the cheese strings, like the cheese pull. You know, you want to be able to. It just—it's a feeling I almost can't describe. it when you eat it, it's comforting. That's why I call soul food. You know, um, and it's got to have a little flavor to it, right? Like I add a little bit of seasoning to mine just to give a little something extra. Um, it just—it tastes like it should taste like it should just put you in a comforting position, right? Once you eat it, um, it shouldn't be. To, it shouldn't be sweet, uh, shouldn't be sour, nothing like that. It just just tastes like, like you know, well, uh, you know how when you you bite into that real good slice of pizza and it just makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's the kind. That's the kind of feeling you get with mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. And 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 the thing is, like, mac and cheese is such a personal item for so many people, right? They grew up on it, so they'll say, "My mom, my grandma, my grandpa made the right. best mac and cheese," you know. And I respect that, too, because there's different ways you can make it, different combinations of cheeses, right? But they all have the same concept, that they make you feel good. And that's that's what you want in your Mac.
1: Yeah. For the people who don't really, you know, for the people who get this whole Mac and cheese thing wrong, man, what do you say to them? Like, (laughs) what's one thing people get wrong about Mac and cheese? Let me just put it that
0: way. uh Um, a lot of people, some people, um, I know they'll boil, they'll boil the noodles and then they'll just go ahead, put those in a pan, just throw a bunch of cheese at it and bake it. And that's, that's like, that's like, that's like the starter mac and cheese, right? It'll get you close, but not there. You gotta have like, you gotta have the milk, the cream, a little bit of butter, um, a little bit of egg to keep it, you know, you can add egg to keep it all together. Um, it's, it's. It's like uh, it's like, and I keep going back to pizza. It's like telling someone, "Yo, buy some pizza dough, throw some tomato sauce on it, sprinkle some cheese, put it in the oven." I mean, yeah, it's pizza, but it's not as good as saying like you need to add like a different kind of cheeses, uh, a little bit of uh, oregano, a little bit of pepper, throw some toppings on there too. Put that in, you know, put that in the oven, then you then that's the pizza. And I'm no pizza expert, but I've had you know, like I look like everyone else, had my ranges of like real, real bad and, and, and real damn good so uh <laughs> you know for, for people for people that uh are trying to make Mac, you can go online there's a million different recipes you want the recipe that's, that's got the most variety of cheeses um and and it's like the like and and a little bit of seasoning so don't don't go with the recipe that has like three items like like it'll say like noodles cheese milk nah that's not gonna be good for you it's gonna it's gonna taste bland you know and so um and that's the cool thing about mac and cheese. That there's so many cheese varieties out there. You can combine different types, and yeah. it's still going to be good. You know,
1: Yeah. you know, uh, COVID, COVID times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of businesses, you know, closed down. Or a lot of restaurants closed down. People were looking yeah. to the grocery stores, you know, for survival. A lot of packaged foods. You know, I'm I'm, 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 I'm guessing. You know, people bought a lot of packaged foods. You know, from the from the shelves did um did eight miles you know see a profit you know within this uh, period did they see a loss within this period uh what was something that this period taught you you know that coming you know going out of it or going into phase two of it you know you're going right. to implement or learn some more speak to us a little bit about how COVID, you know impacted Ed Miles.
0: yeah so um kind of alluded to it before with the whole isolation thing so COVID put me at home right just like everyone else so it gave me a lot of time to say, okay, let me check on the status of the business, and the health of it, see like what I can do next. Um, because the one thing you don't want to do is, which I actually posted a video about on YouTube not too long ago, is don't you can't tread water, um, whether that's in business or your your job or your school, whatever you're doing. Because because you know you might get to you might take that first step towards a goal, right? You go, mm-hmm. okay, I did that, cool, congratulations, and then you start, and then you kind of plateau. And you might get you might get comfortable with that the only problem with treading water is that you're still going to get tired but you're not going anywhere so i um so when i when COVID happened it kind of let me kind of evaluate everything i was doing and say all right what can i do next how can i get to that next level um because i'm a frozen product i did see an increase in demand because everyone was getting frozen stuff at least for the first month or so um then after that, I think the the panic kind of subsided a bit, and so I kind of ba- I kind of went I kind of leveled off, right? And that's when I said, all right, man, this isn't a good spot to be in. Let me, what I got to do next to get to the next level, what we what I started doing, and we're launching next week, um, is offering our mac and cheese on delivery apps, uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and all that. But we're adding toppings to it. So for instance, you can buy mac and cheese. Car pick up. Jiggle, jalapenos, and french fries on it and that's a meal um, and so this is a concept that I've actually thought about over the past six to nine months but when COVID happened I said you know what this is an opportunity to actually give it a shot because everyone's looking to buy uh, via delivery platforms mm-hmm. and and I'm you know and companies like me who've seen some impact because of COVID we're all looking to transform in a certain way right bring in another revenue stream especially caterers caterers lost most of their business a lot of caterers are saying, cool, maybe I should package my stuff now and get it so it's shelf ready. Um, or they're doing the whole delivery platform thing, too. And so this is teaching a lot of us to make sure that, that it's almost like your resume, right? Your resume should be it should be wide. I mean, it should have a lot of experiences on different types of areas. Just mm-hmm. like a business should have multiple streams of income to keep, right. keep, keep you going in case one part of that goes down.
1: So how do you, like, a lot of people try to stay away from package processed food these days. Right. Yeah. Um. How do you differentiate yourself again? And this is that question I was forgetting from earlier. How do you really set yourself apart? Is it some symbol right. you have, and you know, the package and say, you know what, this is homemade, not processed. Right. As my counterpart to the left or to the right.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's actually, and that's come to brand recognition. I'm going through that battle right now because it's such a crowded set. So the, as you walk down a frozen food aisle. There's, I mean, you've got a crazy amount of doors and some of those doors are saturated by one company. So a person like me who says, let me bring in mine and put, let's say I got two different, three different facings on, on one shelf. I'm surrounded by competition. Mm-hmm. So your, to your question, is really relevant. And one of the most difficult questions for someone that's running a business is how do I stand out? There's a couple ways you can do that. Um, the one way a lot of folks do it is they go viral with a new type of product. Um, so they, they, it's like a trend thing. So like the whole sparkling water thing, right? When that became really popular, the companies that were positioned already, they blew up because all of a sudden people were looking to them because that was a hot thing. Um, or you take a case like Halo Top and I've actually studied a little bit of Halo Top just to see how they did, how they infiltrated the market. Um, their claim, their claim was the whole calorie deal. And so they figured out that, um, there's, so there's a couple things that the consumer latches on to. So a consumer's buying decision needs to solve a problem. Um, and one of the number one reasons people buying products is weight loss. So Halo Top came and said, we're going to tell the consumer that we're actually less calories than any, uh, any other ice cream they can buy. So consumers see that and say, oh man, this I can eat this ice cream guilt-free and still hit my weight loss channel or my game, you know, my whatever it is, boom wait, you know, Halo Top blew up. So for me, because number one, I'm not a viral product Mac and cheese is not viral. It's it's stable for, it's been around forever. Um, and Mac and cheese is also, you're not going to sell a low calorie Mac and cheese. It doesn't really make sense. Um, so now how else do I stand out? So I'm in a position now where it's gotta be my packaging. What do I put on the packaging that lets people know this is a homemade Mac and cheese. The competition is fake, right? Um, and you've only got maybe a 1.5 seconds to catch someone's eye when they're walking down the grocery store. So I'm um, actually, I just went through a design change and I haven't printed it yet. That's got a real image of mac and cheese because Mac, so when you see it, you your eye is gonna automatically say, that looks good. You're gonna pick up that box. When you got the box in your hand, it's like, okay, why would I buy this over the other people? And then you might see on there something that says made with like gourmet cheese, which is what ours is made of. We get our cheese from a local creamery up in Delaware, so those kind of claims, have a high impact because people are going to say, "I want the best mac and cheese I can get right now." I don't want to settle, and if, they, and if I communicate that to the consumer, I got to sale. Mm. Man, that is dope. In
1: 2016, in closing, man, to close this, this episode, I cannot close it without you know addressing this. In 2016, you made a move to DC, a city of so a city that's so hybrid, so vibrant, yeah. with its food, right? And it sense, man. What was the impact of this move on your life and career? You know, like what are the positives, negatives, what even impact this in the first place?
0: Yeah, for sure. So when I was living in PA for a couple of years, like I said, I was um, working the engineering job. Um, I was in grad school. This was like, <laughs> this is like the the planting of the seeds moment because I was just game planning like, All right, when I get, it was like when I get out of here, I'm gonna do X, Y, Z. Can't wait. Uh, nothing bad about the area it just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea you know and i had a couple of friends living in dc so every now and then i come down and every time i came down number one i had a great meal um i love so i love chicken and waffles because that's my crush and so i would get chicken and waffles every time i came to dc and i was like, man and just the the vibe of the city the push for food entrepreneurship i said yeah this this it just feels right you know um and I decided, you know what, like you said, 2016, I'm gonna make that move and I'm gonna bring eight miles with me and grow it there. And right away, I felt like I had an opportunity here. Um, you know, the the DC environment, they support local, like a you know, uh, they really stress local products. And there's a lot of people that got your back and want to help you succeed around here. And there's so many different stores and a lot of people that I can talk to in DC to kind of help me. And so, um it was a good it was a good match because it really allowed me to kind of spread my wings and uh, it kind of transformed this from a hobby to a business, you know, because the hobby was just I was making sauce every every, every now and then and selling it to one or two local stores or friends of mine or, you know, online. Transformed into a business once I started dealing with like the Whole Foods, the streets market, the actual the corporate chains and things mm-hmm. like that, which were which is where we're at now. So yeah, I mean, D.C. is a great market to grow your business. I can't, I can't trust that enough.
1: Yeah, man. Lastly, we hear a lot about supporting Black businesses, supporting little businesses, but a lot about Black businesses, right? And yep. with our time, with, you know, recording times right now, inclusion, diversity is a big push right now. It's very important, right? What are your thoughts to this? And how is 8 Miles, 8 Miles, your company, you know, being being that's a small, you know, business, Black business, how... What what's his part right now? Its role, you know, in this cultural
0: shift. Yeah, for sure, and it's 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 wild because I, I don't think people realize how many minority-owned black-owned businesses exist. I mean, we, there's a lot, um, and a lot of times we aren't we aren't privy to the same information or resources that others are, and so we start off at a disadvantage. Um, and I'm actually what I decided to do is I want to go back to the roots. Um, I'm looking to team up with a school uh, that's in maybe a low-income neighborhood, or just a predominantly uh, uh, minority or African American uh, populace within the school. And I want to teach these kids entrepreneurship. Um, I want them to be exposed to these other options they may not even know existed. You know, as a kid, you may not know I've got this. I've got this thing I love doing. Whether it's making something or making a food item, making whatever it is. They may not know that one day that that could be transformed into a business they run themselves and they kind of control their own future with that. Um, and so I'm trying to, I want to be a mentor for some of these kids, um, and, and kind of, and, and show them and show them this, this path as well. And then from, uh, from, uh, you know, going up in age to like high school, college, you know, there's a lot of people a lot of kids that probably will say, I want to start a business, but I do not know how I'm not learning that in my education, you know? I'm, I'm, I've got this thing that I make, but I don't know I don't know what to do with it. That's where I want to be able to help them out too. So it's it's a call it's a call to action for others to um, need that assistance. Like I want to be there for them. Um, I'm not. I mean, we're not a multi million dollar company, but we've got those dreams, and we've got the building blocks to get there. And so I can help someone kind of at least start the path. And it's, you know, at the same time, it's always good to have other people that are doing the same thing as you. Because you can bounce ideas off each other, mm-hmm. um, and that, that that feedback is really important. So that's that's what Eight Miles is doing now. That'll 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 probably uh, change over time, especially as the business grows. That can do more. Um, but that's what I want to start with. Gotcha.
1: Man, is there something that we haven't covered in this uh, episode that you would like for uh, the people to know?
0: Yeah. Um, don't be afraid of failure. Because uh, so when I went on the Food Network, like I said, I didn't do good. You know, I got kicked out the first round, but that failure kind of uh, gave me the kick that I needed to, to, to push it further, right? I said, you know what? I didn't do good, but that's the space I want to be in. Um, you know, a majority of the time I go to a store, especially in the beginning, and say, hey, do you want to carry my sauce? Do you want to carry my mac and cheese? They don't say no, but they'll say email me, and then you don't get a response. Um, and so there's a lot of closed doors out there when you're doing something like this from a small standpoint. But you gotta kind of channel that no, that failure, and and say, okay, I'm gonna learn from that, and I'm gonna get better, and I'm gonna get better, and I'm gonna come back at them with something even better, or or or, or negotiate, or something like that. So I just say, don't be discouraged from from any kind of setbacks.
1: Mm. Man, that is big because we're living uh we're living in a world now where people are scared of rejection, right? Um, They've been yeah. scared to you know take that first step, like to say close miles and get fed. Like if you don't ask, how would you? Yeah. Right. So exactly. Appreciate you driving that, that, that notion, man. Like don't be scared. Just ask the, uh, the, the worst that could happen is somebody say no. And you go ask again, yeah. right. Just keep knocking. Exactly. Yeah. How can people reach you, man? How can people connect with you?
0: Sure. Yeah. So, um, my email address is miles at dot miles.com. That's M Y L E S at the number eight M Y L E S.com. Um, feel free to shoot me an email. I'm one of those dudes where I'm checking my email 24 hours a day. Uh, we can connect that way. Um, the website's 8 You can hit me up on Instagram at 8miles, at 8miles, LLC. Um, really, yeah, I'm, I'm an open book, man. I'm just here to help others. who um, are looking to kind of make that move into entrepreneurship, too. And I'm open, I'm open, you know what, at the same time, I'm not perfect. So I'm open to both suggestions and criticism and feedback, you know, because mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, it's the only thing it's going to do is help me grow.
1: Facts. This is facts. Man, you had to man, man. If you have questions on how it got us products of Whole food and you would like to get your products with Whole food as well, this is the person to hit up.
0: You don't Absolutely. gotta
1: go. You don't gotta go lift a fifty ton rock. You know, <laughs> to try to find information. It's right here. Make yes. use of it, but I Appreciate you for your time. You know, I know we're supposed to record this yesterday, but we had to push this today. It's none of your business, but hey, it is what it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> hey, thank you again for your time, man. And you Thank know, you, bro. More, wish, uh, more you know, uh, good wishes to you and your business. You know what I mean? Just keep pushing, you know, grinding and all that jazz, man. As you keep, you know, launching your markets, man, feel free to come back. You know, hit us up. Let's have these conversations. You know what I mean? Let's... Uh, let's share the, oh, your knowledge you know, to the masses and stuff you know what I mean So, no doubt appreciate it bro appreciate it uh, hopefully yeah. thank you, you probably, know what I mean? bro nah no doubt when I start eating mac and Cheese I'm definitely going to try you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you man, Mike tell Mike
0: me, and, and, and tell, tell me what you think I need to know
1: uh, for sure for sure for sure hey um, if you've been you've been watching and listening to the Podcast a platform for entrepreneurs innovators and creators of African descent hear stories ideas experience and advice on breaking barriers in the mo. this episode was brought to you by our online store your support means a lot to us please visit sitmpodcast.com and shop stacking middle podcast merch thank you for uh, thank you all uh, returning listeners and watchers if your first time checking us out welcome please again let us know what you think by hitting the subscribe button at the bottom to get ringers every week for every uh, brand new episode or post And also subscribe to all streaming platforms as well so you get weekly updates on every podcast we we put out there. Follow my Mindbanger Podcast, Now You Know Podcast, and Island Central Podcast, all podcasts powered by Stocking Road Podcast. Um, Thank you again, 8 Miles, you know, for coming through, honoring our invitation. This was Stocking Road Podcast, and we are out.